it's always you. Yeah. It's always you. Even when it's them, it's still you. It's still you. (laughs) Hi, I'm Esther Boykin. And I'm Erica Turner. We're licensed marriage and family therapists. And together we run Therapy is Not a Dirty Word. A collection of workshops, retreats, happy hours, and other awesome ways, like this podcast, to bring people and therapists together in real life. With that being said, here's the podcast. Here we are, back again. Yes! It feels like it's been so long. So long. (laughs) Yes. Also, just for everyone who has mentioned to me the sporadic nature of our recording schedule. (laughs) We are aware. Also, leave us alone. We're doing the best we can. Right. (laughs) Which is how we like to kick off our episode on boundaries by being defensive. Yes. (laughs) Welcome, everyone. Here's how you... Here's how you... Here's one way of having boundaries. Right. You know, clarifying and enforcing them. (laughs) Eric and I will record when we want and don't say another word to us about it. Exactly. Exactly. It's totally fine. No, that's a joke. Everybody should say whatever they want. Say whatever you want. Also send us ideas. People should send us more ideas. And I, I do feel like if people, like if we knew you were listening and like waiting, mm-hmm. bated breath for every episode, I think we would make more time for recording. We would. We yeah. would. Because sometimes you're sending it out into the void and you just don't know. And then like weeks later, somebody will be like, so I was listening to your podcast and you'll be like, I didn't, Wait, I didn't, I didn't know that. I, I didn't either. What? Like what? <laughs> Which is always such an odd thing when you consider like their stats. Yeah. Like every platform you find our our but podcast on tells us how many people listen and download and how long you guys listen and it's available. Right. I see the numbers. But it's not the same as like a human person it's telling not. you. The no. numbers just don't like I ran into somebody at a party, a couple at a party actually, and they said that they listened to our podcast and they recognized me from the podcast. Which That's was so, so weird cute. and so amazing. Yes. <laughs> Disconcerting and fantastic. All and the fantastic. Same. Welcome well, to podcast fame. Yes. <laughs> apparently. And they said it helped convince the person to go to therapy that they were thinking about going and they were on the fence and like, Look at it was just super Changing rewarding lives. all around. I feel really good about us today. <laughs> I feel good about the things that we're doing out here in the world. <laughs> Anyway, so when you tell us, when you actually tell us that you're listening, it does make us feel good. It does. We all need validation. We do all need we validation. All need validation. This feels, this feels like setting maybe even a clearer boundary, right? Clearer intentions of like, we really need our audience to tell us a little bit more often that you actually listen and care or at least are moderately amused by the things that we say. Even if you hate us, like we can tell us that. that. Too. That's interesting. That's if we find that curious. We do. We're weirdos like that. Yeah. <laughs> Partially, I think we just find ourselves likable. So it's always interesting when people don't like us. Yeah. But also tell us that. Yeah. That's helpful. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Cool. Sounds good. All right. All right. So we're talking about boundaries. We are. And I'm quite a fan yes. of your, I don't know, upcoming blog post. Upcoming Maybe you should just write like a whole book. <laughs> <laughs> the thought has crossed. 
Yeah, but like, so I think we want to start by saying all relationships have boundaries. Yes. There is not a relationship you are you have with another human person or another animal person, which we'll get into, <laughs> that does not. An animal, did I say animal person? You said an animal person. An animal which person. Which speaks really to your love of your pets. That's but go true. on. <laughs> Um, yeah, that does not involve boundaries. You have boundaries with your partner and your mom and the barista at Starbucks and your Uber driver and the person you're sitting next to on the train. Yeah. There's no relationship that does not have boundaries. Yes. They all do. Human interaction involves boundaries. Yes. Right. Like my favorite, I'm like, people are like, well, what, well, what are boundaries? What does it mean? I always just sort of say like, boundaries are like the rules of engagement. Here's how I plan to treat you and act. Here's my expectations of how you're going to treat me when we interact with each other. And hopefully we're communicating. Like, then we get into like defining boundaries and being clear and enforcing them. But this idea that you are in relationship to any other human or animal in which there are zero boundaries is false. You may have extremely loose boundaries Uh or poorly defined boundaries. Exactly. Um, or, you know, they could be too loose, too rigid. Doesn't matter, but, doesn't they, matter, exist but they exist regardless. Right. Having- I think it can be helpful to think about, it's more about revising mm-hmm. and clarifying and enforcing and communicate. Like it's, but it's not like starting from scratch. Exactly. It's not a blank piece of paper. Right. And I mean, just as an example, if you go into a Starbucks and the barista that you just met starts telling you about their life story, like that feels a little weird because it feels like a violation of the boundaries of that relationship, right? Right. Like for that relationship, we expected to mostly be transactional and polite and not go too deeper, right. too much deeper. Yeah. And so when you start telling me about like, I don't know, things that happened to you in your childhood, that feels off. It right. feels like it violates the rules of engagement. <laughs> Ma'am, those are way too loose of boundaries. That's a thing that should be reserved for maybe some other relationships. Not me. Right. And my cappuccino. Right. Right. So, like, just as an example, that is, like, those are boundaries. Those are boundaries. And that's why we're like, it doesn't matter what relationship yes. it is. I think we miss that. And I think sometimes with a barista, it's like, okay, well, sometimes we think of it as, like, social norms. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, yeah, they're sort of social norms which then have like cultural context and all those kinds of things. But ultimately what the social norms are, are the boundaries of these interactions. Exactly. That's really what we're talking about and thinking about. Exactly. And it feels very strange and odd when they're violated and kind of going to the point of like, it's not helpful to think about it as it should be or shouldn't be a certain way. Like different cultures have different, boundary rules essentially right right? like if we go in different i don't know in a different country maybe it's not weird for a barista to tell you their life story the first time you've met them maybe not not. it may not be strange because that may not violate the boundaries there right so instead of thinking about like what boundaries ought be should be in this nebulous yes there's always a lot of like everyone knows right like it's like "Mm, no, not necessarily. Mm-mm. Just because that feels normal or good or like right to you doesn't mean that that's like universally accepted. Right. And even if we think of it as being universally accepted still. 
Right. It's universally accepted because we're all playing by those rules. Right. That's what makes it universally accepted. Maybe it's a small number of people who want to do it different, but nonetheless. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's more helpful to think about what do I want my boundaries to be in a relationship with the other person? What do I, what do I expect to give to them? What do I expect for them to give to me? What feels appropriate, acceptable, understandable, And then have I communicated that to that person, which is a key part of this process? Really often when people are like, this person doesn't respect my boundaries or we, there's no boundaries. Mm -hmm. It is often that boundaries have simply not been communicated. Exactly. Like, well, when did you talk about the fact that that's not okay for you Mm -hmm. or that you expect this person to do these things? When did that happen? When did that conversation happen? Mm, they should just know. Also, not how people work. Mm-mm. I mean, obviously, obviously they, they don't. don't. <laughs> right. yeah, but they don't. Right. They don't. Either they don't know or they have decided to, if if you have communicated it and they have decided yeah. to, like, contradict that boundary or go against it, then that becomes the issue. How do we have a conversation about the fact that I have expressed, I don't want you to do this thing or I do want you to do this right. thing. And you're not. Not. Right then that becomes the focus of conversation. And I think that's a place where we often get stuck in this being really focused on it being the other person. Mm -hmm. Like they don't care about me or they don't respect my boundaries. They do this, they do that. And at some point, well, really always, right? Like it's all, it's always you. Yeah. It's always you. Even when it's them. It's still you. It's still you. Because you have decided to engage in a relationship with this person to either continue the relationship or, you know, maintain it or whatever. So unless you are literally being held against your will, then you, and there are still boundaries in those relationships, but not ones that you have a lot of agency to set. Yeah. You have less agency. Yeah. But nonetheless. Right. And, you know, pretty much all other relationships, you have agency to set boundaries. It may be difficult. It may be painful. It may be, you know, based on our own sort of experiences, background, we may find it very challenging to set boundaries. And so on some level, we want somebody else to do the work for us Yeah, because it can be hard and it can be painful, but it's still necessary. Still necessary. And I think that piece of like, you still have agency, which is, which I feel is always this tricky space. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's not about blaming people for staying in relationships or being part of interactions that are painful or unhealthy for them or whatever, but to recognize like, okay, well, why am I still making this choice to be here? Why am I struggling to enforce a boundary that I've said is important or communicate a boundary that I is important to me that I haven't been able to say out loud or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need help with that. But that becomes the work, but right? Like, why your, is it hard yes. for me to do that? Exactly. That's the part of, that's, I can only control myself in right. any interaction with another human being. So I have to yeah. reflect on, well, why is this difficult for me? Or what is yeah. it about this that I struggle with? And how can I potentially do differently? Or at the yes. very least, have an awareness of it. Yeah, awareness is big. Yeah, awareness is, is yeah. key. It kind of slides us into the whole, like, cut off versus no contact because I think a lot of times because it is hard work Mm -hmm. you get to that place and then you're like well they don't respect boundaries Mm -hmm. I'm out right 
which is maybe not really the best way to go. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I sort of talk to clients about how just because you don't have contact with a person, it doesn't mean you stop having a relationship with them. Yeah. Not seeing them doesn't mean that it doesn't have an emotional, psychological impact on you. Not seeing them yeah. doesn't make that go away. And so you have to weigh if this person, if this relationship is toxic or difficult. Right. I, I use the term toxic, but I have trouble with that term. Yeah. We'll talk about that. <laughs> All the variety of things that we call toxic that, you know. Eh, maybe not. Eh, maybe not. Um, but if this relationship is difficult or unhealthy in some way, then it's sort of figuring out how can I best move forward? It's not just saying this relationship is difficult. I cut you off and I am done. I, you're not done. You're not done. If this is somebody you care about and this is somebody that, for instance, will always be a part of your life story. So, for instance, like a family member, a parent, right. a partner, they're always part of your life story I in think some off, way. Yeah. And I think that's the piece that people miss often when you try to cut someone out of your life, right? Like, and there's always, especially, you know, kind of, well, I was going to say at the end of the year or the new year, but really at all times throughout the year, there's always some like Instagram post, some social media posts about, you know, I'm cutting toxic people out of my life as if simply removing yourself from like contact or their space then that all the work is like done. that's the end of the healing is that right like oh it's good so I've cut them out. like mm, that's not how that works. this the work that oftentimes we want to avoid having to do about like well why am I here <laughs> how did I get here why is this so hard for me even understanding some of the other person and the way they show up mm-hmm. we want to avoid that work by just being like well I'm done right cutting them out of my life mm-hmm. new boundaries yeah. Like, you know, you still got to do that work. Mm-hmm. You may not have to do that work with them like exactly. in, as an interactive process, but you're still going to have to do it. Because like you said, the relationship still exists. It's still part of, I actually really like that because I think it's a good visual. Like they're still part of your life story. Mm-hmm. Like, are you going to go back and retell your life story and, and write this them? person out? Right. It's not really an option. It's not really an option mm-hmm. because for better, you know, there's good and bad about their existence in your story. Like it influences who you are and how you are in other relationships and all of these other things. You might as well get curious about it. Yeah, exactly. Also, when you try to cut things out of your life without doing the work, they just come back. I know. Literally. I don't understand. You took the words out of my mouth. It just keeps coming back. It just keeps coming back. It just haunts you in other ways in your life. And you find yourself doing things or saying things Mm -hmm. related to this unhealed wound and then being like, oh, that's that shit's still in there. Yeah. I, I wasn't aware of it because I've tried to cut it off and, and like not processed it, but it's still in there. Yeah. It's not gone just because I want it to be gone. It's like if you have like a little infected fungal toenail and you just cut it off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like underneath the surface is still like infected fungal toenail and eventually it grows back. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it just I thought you meant the toe. So I was just like, well, I mean, if you cut off the toe, Esther, no, you might be toe, good. Toes don't <laughs> but like a toenail, which is a super disgusting analogy. But that's literally how it works. Like you cut off the piece that you can see mm-hmm. 
but you're never at the root of what the issue is. And right. until you heal it at the root, like that shit just keeps coming back. Exactly. So when well, I want to be clear, we're not advocating that you stay in a relationship that you know is unhealthy for you. I just want to be crystal clear about that. Yes. That's not what we're saying. It's not what we're saying. I think it's looking at a relationship and saying, what is possible with this person? How invested am I in making something possible with right. this person, some sort of relationship? And if I'm not, then understand understanding that cutting somebody off, if they've meant anything to me at all, is a grieving process. Right. It is a process of grieving. It is a process of healing. It is not just I cut them off and... And now I'm magically better and move on into the world as if none of this ever happened. Right. Yeah. If that person meant something to you, then that's not possible. Yeah. A lot of times with clients, I'll talk about it in terms of like the the concept of like no contact is not the same as cut off. Mm -hmm. So cut off is about saying, I want out. I don't want to do this work. This is super painful. I just want it to go away. I've cut you off. Right. Reaching a decision about a relationship with a person where you have decided because you've done, asked your, done the work, right? Asked the questions that you're talking, that you just said, and like really kind of looked at it and grieved what you wish the relationship could be versus what is, pro- what is actually possible. And then making a conscious decision. That's like, I'm not having contact because I understand that we can't move forward in a relationship that feels healthy mm-hmm. and respectful for me. It can look the same from the outside. Like, you know, you don't talk to your mom anymore or whatever, you know, like somebody I'm thinking of someone I know, right. Like who had no cut for decades, had no contact with their mother, Mm -hmm. but it was a process that got to that decision because it was unhealthy. Mm -hmm. It was not a cutoff of like, well, she's awful and terrible and screw her. But all of the emotional stuff is still like there and lingering. Right. And so on the surface, it still looks the same. Like, now nah, you, you know, on Mother's Day, you don't call. Right. Right. You don't call. <laughs> right. That's, that's what people see. And that's what people see. And so we think they're the same thing. But, like, the process of getting there and then how that impacts your life and other relationships is very, very different. Right. I ask clients to sort of think about, do you want to do the work of trying to have some kind of relationship with this person or the work of grieving this relationship? Yeah. Which work do you want to do? Because there's no not work option. There is no non-work option. That's not a thing. That's if this person thing. is like right. meaningful to you, there's no not work. Right. There's just the work of grief or the work of being in a relationship that may not be able to be what you would like it to be. That may not, that may right. be limited if there's, you know, right. if it's not healthy and the, and the person isn't showing any yeah. signs of being able to work with you to improve it. But you're just choosing your work. It's always choosing your work. Mm -hmm. It is always about choosing, like, what's the work I want to do? Right. (laughs) And, you know, I get it. I think, and I feel like lately I've been saying this a lot to clients and other people. I'm like, I think as a therapist, we talk about this stuff like it's easy. Right. Of course it's not easy. No, it's awful. We have our own personal lives. Like, no, I too would enjoy a non-work option sometimes. Yeah. I just happen to know that that's not a thing. Right. Well, and even when you, and this is the kind of shitty part about being a therapist, you know when you're choosing the non-work option and you know when it's going to, that it's going to bite you in the butt. Like right. you just have this awareness of like, yeah, it's like, oh, I'm no. not doing the work. And at some point this is going to blow up in my face. Like yeah. I just. 
I'm there's make- a ticking clock of like <laughs> eventually yeah. this is not gonna yeah. be good. And I am aware of that because I know how this works. Because I understand how this works. Yeah. And which is hard and also an okay place, you know. And I think sometimes being able to say, like, oh, I'm not doing any of the work, but maybe you just need I think again it's the awareness piece, right? Sometimes it's yeah. going like I just need a few weeks where mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about it and I'm like kind of just taking care of myself and doing whatever or, mm-hmm. but also being super clear. It's either going to come back and bite me in the ass or I need to give myself a time limited period of saying like, well, I'm just not engaging in this. And then I'm coming back to do the work because I know that it's either way it's coming. Right. It's coming. And if it comes to bite you in the butt, it's usually going to be worse. Yeah. But you know, Sometimes we need that motivation. Sometimes we do. Yeah. Sometimes that's the that's the way it be, yo. So I feel like that's the kind of so on the side of maybe less rigid boundaries. <laughs> Let's not do that. Uh, but I think about the when we have looser boundaries. Uh-huh. And I think sometimes of the I think for a lot of people that motivation is this like, I want to be nice. Uh-huh. I have empathy for why this person can't do the things they want to do or why they act the way they want to, they act, or I have compassion for them. And Mm -hmm. like compassion is not a free pass. Right. Compassion does not remove accountability. No, no, no. That's just not how that works. Yeah. There's this sense if you set boundaries, then you're a bad guy. But going back to the earlier point, all relationships have boundaries. Mm -hmm. So setting boundaries doesn't make you a bad guy. Setting boundaries makes you appropriate. Right. And a lot of the not setting boundaries is about our own anxiety about the process, right? Like it's our own sort of need to be accepted, need not to cause conflict, but it's not necessarily coming from a healthy place of, but these are the the rules of engagement that I need to function to be okay in this relationship. Yeah. Right. Because if you're not clarifying and then communicating boundaries from like a really honest place, then what kind of relationship, like you're not really having an authentic relationship. You're not showing up for real. That person never actually has an opportunity to like have meaningful connection with you. I think maybe it's like Brene Brown or somebody, you know, one of those people who's like, you know, boundaries is an invitation. Mm -hmm. Clarifying your boundaries is an invitation to have a better relationship with a person as opposed to um, it being like an injury right. or an insult or right. whatever. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're not going to like this <laughs> <laughs> because so I've talked to Esther about like this blog post I've been meaning to write forever <laughs> that I've basically written in my head and just need to sit down at the computer and type. But like, Dogs have terrible boundaries. They do. They have terrible boundaries. They really do. They're way too loose. They let you do just about anything you want to them, and they still love you and still show up for you, even when you're an asshole to them. They do. Which is not appropriate. No, they're really bad boundaries. It's really just not. Those are very – that's – if you're like, what are loose boundaries? Your dog. Your dog. Your dog has loose boundaries. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They're not great. Yep. On the other side, cats have very rigid boundaries. Like they want certain things to be if their way. It's not. They're not always great about communicating. Well, that's not true. They will communicate to you. Not in really gentle ways, though. Not in like. I mean, it depends on the cat and how you catch them. Okay. My cat gives you a warning before she full on scratches you. <laughs> you get a 
warning me out of like, listen, back the fuck up. All right. (laughs) If we translate this into people, however, we would say maybe that's not the best communication. Not the best communication style. (laughs) But this is the part you're not going to like because – so I like dogs and cats. I have both. I have a dog and two cats. And I love them all. I love all my little creatures. But I prefer cats. And I think it's because on some level – this is going to sound so – but I – yeah. Here's just, it's too late now. I got to say it. I think on some level I don't trust how much dogs love you. Like it's just <laughs> ridiculous to me that any creature could love me regardless of what I do. Going back to your point of like, are you having an authentic relationship with another human being if there isn't some boundary? And on some level, I just am like, listen, nobody loves me that much. I think my husband loves me a lot. I think my best friend loves me a lot. But like nobody should love me enough that I'll just, not that I'm like doing anything terrible to my dog, but I wouldn't put up with some of the shit. Yeah. And she's just like. Hi, mom. Hi. 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 I love you. I love you so you. much. I love you so much. I love you no matter what you do. Oh, you accidentally stepped on me? I still love you. Yeah. I still love you. Mm-hmm. It's like, no. Well, this also feels like a <laughs> segue into a different conversation, possibly around attachment style. <laughs> and why that feels oh, right. highly <laughs> unlikely. Because I'm like, you know, people definitely love other people with this level of you need to have clear, healthy, firm boundaries. You uh-huh. should not have dog, like puppy-like boundaries <laughs> where people can do anything and you don't ever Did I like, just push expose back. my avoidant attachment? <laughs> I didn't want to say anything, but yes. But yes. <laughs> Suspicious of somebody who loves me that much. How dare they love me to this degree? It's crazy. <laughs> this is absurd. <laughs> it can't be real. But that's why I trust cats because they set boundaries. And so if they like you... You know they like you. There's no ambiguity because they're not doing that for everybody. The other person, True. they're just like, screw you. I don't care about you. I don't care about your feelings, your hopes, <laughs> your dreams, Dream. your couch. Whatever. Or whatever. You don't mean care nothing about to me. Any of it. <laughs> so I, I will fully agree with that piece because I think that that, yeah. Translating that to back into people, like that is really true. When even though you will have pushback from some people, when you have very clear, well-communicated boundaries in your relationships, people feel safer in those relationships mm-hmm. because they know what to expect from you. They know what is expected of them. Whether or not they can do it or are willing to do it, there is a certain amount of emotional safety that comes with, like, I know what the rules here are of how we're going to treat each other. Mm-hmm. When we we talk about this as marriage of only therapists, we talk about that concept a lot of, like, the boundaries between parents and children. Mm-hmm. Like, parents can sometimes think, well, if I'm really open and really relaxed, then my kids will feel like they can just come to me and, you know, they'll feel like it's things are easy. And while, of course, you want to be, of course, you want to be compassionate to your children, you want right. to be open to them and responsive to them, there do need to be some boundaries, some limits, because that feels like love to them. That yeah. feels like and I think that they're being like, held in yeah. a way. And I think it feels like love to all of us. Like there is a, to your point, is that there is a point at which it's like, well, do you love yourself? I can't trust you because I don't see you actually advocating for and taking care of yourself. And Mm -hmm. I think that especially parent-child relationships, but all relationships, like part of what happens with like extremely loose, poorly defined boundaries that are consistently not enforced 
mm-hmm. is whether it's conscious or not, you start to look at that person and think we almost lose a sort of sense of respect. Like, yeah, you don't seem like you're capable of like protecting yourself or advocating for yourself. So I can't trust you to then also take care of my feelings. Right. Exactly. Because you're not even taking care of your own feelings, even if it's in relationship to me. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's important to note a lot of this is not, most of this is not, conscious until you're like actually doing this work and really reflecting on it a lot of this is just the interactions with people we sort of we get a sense of what the rule the boundaries are the rules of engagement are but you are sending this this message that I am not being thoughtful about myself I am not being concerned about myself and so how does that, what does that mean in terms of our relationship? And does does that mean I can treat you any kind of way? And then do you even love me if I can treat you any kind of way? Right. Which sounds odd, but that is the feeling. But that is the feeling. Yeah. Because there is a, and I think, which sort of gets into, especially as marriage family, there, like for me, I'm like, the work is always relational. Not that you, we don't need to have space for like self-reflection and introspection and like, working with a therapist on your own or, you know, whatever, doing, being individual in our process. But that ultimately, like, our relationships also, in life, our relationships become like the guardrails. Mm -hmm. It's the thing that pushes back against the parts of us that could be sort of self-destructive or selfish or unkind or whatever, because we all have those some aspect of those impulses in us. Like that's just part of being a human being and relationships are part of what help us gauge that. Like I push up against someone else's boundaries and that also helps to remind me of like, A, how do I take care of myself and take ownership of that? But also to sort of always be in a little bit of a process of like, if I care about people, then I'm also invested in their well-being. Right. If I'm invested in the well-being of another person, who doesn't seem invested in their own well-being, that's a very strange dynamic to be in. And I think it does breed sort of a a, sen- a lack of emotional safety and some resentment around that person. Right. Like, why do I care more about you than you seem to care about you? Right. On the surface, it seems like I can get whatever I want and my happiness But it doesn't actually is, feel good. It doesn't feel good. And it doesn't feel connective. And, you know, which feels like sort of my therapy mantra is always coming back around to like, how do we feel emotionally connected with people? Mm-hmm. If somebody is willing to do whatever, whenever to make you happy, outside <laughs> of a dog. <laughs> I would say um, including a dog. <laughs> I mean, even your dog. Sabine has some boundaries. There's she not, has some boundaries. They're boundaries. And dogs are just, honestly, they're just sort of passive aggressive. They love you to death. But like, you know. If, I think Max has better boundaries than Sabine. Sabine is my dog and Max, Max is, is my dog. Esther's Max has, actually Max has pretty good. He has good boundaries around his own needs and doesn't care about anyone else's boundaries. Oh, so he's more like a cat. In that way, he's more like a cat. He's just like, he is aggressively affectionate. Mm-hmm. And um, and if he doesn't feel like he's getting enough attention, he will poop in the center of the kitchen. Oh, yeah. For no reason. Yeah. Well, for a reason. He's so angry at me. Is, he's exactly like a cat then. Like, that's exact cat behavior. Like, I literally have a friend whose cat does that. Like, gets stressed out and poops in the kitchen. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes I try to shame him because he also likes to lick his paws. Maybe I have a giant dog who thinks it's a cat. I don't know. 
<laughs> something for another episode. <laughs> now you're going to be laying in bed at night like, oh, how do I have a 150-pound cat? Cat, that's wrong. How did I end up here? How did I get here? That's terrible. Here? <laughs> no, mostly I just think, no, Max is here to ha- make sure that I practice having firmer boundaries. <laughs> Literally, we say, I, you have to say things like, that's too close. <laughs> But I think that I totally lost a train of thought about what I was going to say. Sorry, it was too tempting. (laughs) But that I think recognizing that having boundaries that are clear and communicated and that you're willing to enforce is really like more of a kindness Mm -hmm. and allows people the opportunity. Whether they take that opportunity or not is up to them, but it gives them the opportunity to be in a meaningful relationship with you. Right. Otherwise, they're not really getting to know you. Exactly. And they are missing the ways in which you could be connected. Well, and maybe that's why when somebody does have really loose boundaries, maybe on some level we don't trust it because we know it can't be true. Maybe that's the the feeling is like, I know you're not being fully honest with me because there's no way that you – that you want to meet all of my needs in exactly the way that I need them met. Like exactly how I ask you, like that you will give me whatever I want and, and ask for nothing for yourself or ask for a little for yourself. Like, or just whatever I'm giving you you accept seems like that's, that's all you need. Right. Like maybe the sense that we get that that's, that that feels wrong is because on some level we know that can't actually be true. (laughs) Like, that yeah. that's not actually possible not actually. in a relationship yeah, that is more than you and the barista <laughs> in a Starbucks. Like if it's beyond that. And even then, I don't, I mean, there's, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. Then, you know, that we know on some level, like that's fake. That's fake. It's You're not faking real. it with me and I don't like it. Right. Exactly. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. That's my story. I'm sticking to it as to why that it doesn't. I mean, I think we've all been in some variation of a relationship, whether there was an intimate relationship or not, but some relationship with a friend, family member, where it just felt like they would do anything or they asked very little of us. Yes. And it just feels, the feeling that I get is like icky. It makes me feel icky. (laughs) (laughs) Again, am I just revealing my attachment? I mean, it's hard to just do a separate episode about... We'll do a separate episode. We'll, we'll really get into, yes. My avoided attachment. Yeah. We'll talk about avoided and anxious and it's lovely. I don't think my gut is wrong in the sense of like. I don't think. I it, so it feels. I would not describe the feeling as icky. But other than that, I'm fully in agreement. That there is something, though, that is disconcerting or sort of deeply uncomfortable about being in a relationship with someone who does not. Where there's never, I think there has to be a little bit of a rub. And it's not, it, that doesn't need to be conflict. or right. But that there, ha, that there should be a part of me that needs to be thoughtful about how I choose to interact with you. It doesn't need to be hard. It doesn't need to be, like, effort. Painful. Pain, like, no. feel like I'm compromising myself. or learn, Like, it doesn't no. need to be any of those things. But, like, in interaction, and I think if people, if you sit and think about people that you have good relationships with... It may be even very unconscious, but if you think about them, you sort of know, like, oh, I don't approach that conversation in this way. Mm -hmm. Or, like, you know, I'm not going to call you at 6 o'clock in the morning. 
you know, because right, right, right. Because I know you and I know what works for you. And the fact that I might be up at six o'clock every morning is not a good reason for me to be waking like and want to talk to you is not a good reason for me to do that. I need to adjust to also be an acknowledgement of your needs and your preferences and your whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it feels like to have like healthy, clear boundaries. Like it's not always sort of these very deep, complex things. And if you have a relationship with someone where it literally feels like I can say and do anything, then you know that that's not. You kind of don't respect them. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think if you find yourself in that role in a relationship for you to recognize like, oh, I maybe I feel disrespected or I'm feeling particularly resentful because that is in fact what's happening here, but that there's a way to change that. Right. That doesn't have to be cut off. That doesn't have to be going extremely rigid or like having major fights. It's it's not circling back to. It's always us, right? It's always it's you, always us. even when it's them. even when it's them. Yeah, and then I mean, and dovetailing off of that, because I think the other thing we want to talk about is if somebody is if somebody is in your life and they are. You've set clear boundaries. You've communicated clear boundaries to them. You've engaged with them and they continue to violate those boundaries. And there is an unhealthy element to it. If you know that that is coming from a place because that their behaviors are coming from a place of, you know, they have trauma in their background or, Mm -hmm. you know, they have really any answer I'm going to give is basically some variation of they have trauma in their background. Right. Because that's usually some variation of trauma. Right. They have a, you know, some sort of mental illness. Right. Or even just, which I guess, yeah, circling back to trauma, you know, they have a chronic ill, physical illness. They, right. You know, whatever it is. I mean, maybe if they have a, a very different, like, value system than you, that can also kind of come up yeah. in this. If they have, like, a very yeah. different value system. Um, but it, cultural background. Yeah. Those could also be reasons. Right. And if so, if it's become clear that they're going to continue to, to violate your sense of boundaries that feel important to you, then you you can have compassion or understanding from where they're coming from, but still hold them accountable. Yes. You can still say, I can choose how I want to engage in this relationship. I can choose whether this yeah. relationship is limited. I can choose whether we don't have a relationship at all. I can have understanding, empathy, compassion, all right. of that, and still say, but these are my boundaries or right. this is what works for me or this is where I I can't be flexible or compromise yeah. more than I have. Um, this yeah. is the line for me because there are certain places where you're like, this, this, is the line. this is the line. Yeah. And it's, yes, boundaries are not punishment. No. They're protective and they're like honoring of the fact that of the two people in interaction. And I think, yeah, we... We really, like, if there's anything, like, we've got to figure out how way to shift that. Mm-hmm. Because, absolutely, like, you can have endless amounts of compassion and empathy for why a person shows up the way they do and has trouble with your boundaries. And I think sometimes it's helpful to remember, like, but if you allow them to continue, if you decide to stay in a relationship with a person on these terms where you have this level of interaction and they consistently violate or, you know, cross a boundary that is important to you eventually you are going to hate that person. Mm -hmm. You are going to have a deep seated resentment of this person. Mm -hmm. The kinder thing to do is to be honest on the front end. Like I get it. 
I get why this is hard. And that actually means that probably we need to have whatever, however you decide, right? Like less interaction, or we only do things in groups, or we only do this, or I don't talk to you about certain kinds of things, or this is actually under the road of this relationship. Right. Right. This is, we're going to kind of close this chapter. This is as far as we can go, because I think that sometimes is hard. It's like, sometimes you reach a place where you're like, I want to deepen the connection, but I see that you can't meet me there. Right. And the space you're in with that person isn't what you want to continue. Right. Like, well, and this is something that we have to think about a lot as therapists because there are, you know, obviously with clients, like they are suffering, they are in pain, they have different issues going on with them. And we feel immense compassion, empathy, yeah. understanding, like not just say those things, we feel those things. And there are limits to our relationship. You yeah. cannot just show up to my office whenever. You cannot no. just call me whenever and I'm going to answer. Like, there are very clear boundaries, boundaries. And if there's a pushing of those boundaries, then I will very clearly communicate, like, that does not work for me, right? right. Like, that we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And if you continue to violate those boundaries, then you're not going to no be my client anymore. Right. That's not how that works. Right. So, and we need boundaries to protect both of us. We yes. need boundaries to protect the client. And we need boundaries to protect ourselves. I can't do my best work if I have a client who shows up to my office at all hours of the day. Right. Or really outside their scheduled appointment time. And yeah. That's the, yeah. If you don't have an appointment, you shouldn't be in my office. Exactly. It's not how it works. Right. So, you know, it's, it's – but boundaries protect everybody because they define the relationship. Yes. They set the rules for engagement. They tell us what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. They reduce – the chance that somebody is going to be significantly hurt or disappointed. Yeah. It doesn't eliminate it because of course things happen, but it significantly reduces it when the boundaries are clear, communicated and agreed upon. Significantly. Drastically, like life changingly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yay for revisiting, revising, clearly communicating and most of all enforcing your boundaries. Right. That's what we're that's, that's it. What we're trying to sell you on. This is it. This this is what this, this is, is the most marriage and family therapist pitch ever, yeah. by the way. Here we are. <laughs> this is the end of our sales pitch. We hope that everyone pick up your packet of healthy Materials. boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> on your way out, out guys. Just uh yep. you get out there and you sell good boundaries to everyone you know. Yes. Because it's key. But it's not key. the same boundaries to everyone you know. Different right. relationships have different boundaries. Yes. Yes. I don't, I don't know if we, because we chatted about this before the show started, so I can't remember if we got into that in this. I think we did. I think we did. We hopefully. did. And also, hopefully, you're clear that, like, the relationship you have, basically, yeah, don't be a cat or a dog. Yeah, no. Because <laughs> they sort of treat all people the same. Yes. See? You need to be a person. And as people, we treat different people differently. We have different rules with different people. Right. And, like... And it's okay to re, to revise those as you go. Yeah, relationships you grow have and change. To and you have to kind of keep go. coming back to. So yeah, whenever you're like sick of this person, mm-hmm. maybe just checking in with yourself, like, huh, what is it that I need out of this relationship that I'm not getting, mm-hmm. or what is do I feel like they're demanding of me that I don't really want to give? Because it's also okay to say no to somebody else's expectations of you. Mm-hmm. That's part of the boundary negotiation too. Is going like. I hear and respect that you want this. Also, no. Right. 
I can't do that. I get to say no. Then it's up to them to decide what that means for the relationship. Exactly. And that's fine. It's hard sometimes because sometimes that means like, oh, well, we're not as close or we're not going to keep being friends or we're going to break up or... But sometimes it literally is just like the step forward to a better relationship because now you've said it. So instead of being irritable with that person around a particular issue that you're not talking about, like, they're like, oh, I didn't know it bothered you. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, or, or I can get that need met in like these other six relationships in my life. Like, I don't need to do that with you if that's upsetting or it's difficult or whatever. Right. Or I do need that in this relationship with you. And so that this relationship with you does not work for me. Right. And that's the answer. And that's an answer. Yeah. And then you grieve that and move on. Right. All right. That's it. This is our, this is our last podcast for 2019. (gasps) It is. It's our last podcast. By the time you hear it, it'll definitely be 2020. Oh, it'll for sure be 2020 before you hear this. But just know that we've closed out the decade with boundaries. Yes. Yay. It's appropriate. (laughs) It is kind of appropriate. All right. Well, don't forget to tell us that you love us yeah. or hate us or somewhere in the middle. You can find anything, us, anything really. Yeah. Just tell us things. Uh, you can always email or message us on Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Facebook. Topics, questions, Facebook. Mm-hmm. We're everywhere. Yeah. Find us. Therapy so. is not a dirty word. SRB, yeah. MST, yeah. Rosewater Therapy. That's us. All of those. All of those Just places. Google any of those words. Yeah. And you'll find us. Just Google Esther and Erica. Yeah. I mean, is there another Esther and Erica out doing things? Not that I know of. I don't know them. Yeah. I think it's just us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't know that man. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye, friends. So, what'd you think of today's episode? If you're listening in the Anchor.fm app, hit the button up at the top and leave us a message. You can also send us messages on Instagram or Twitter at EstherBMFT and at Ian Flats. You can send us your therapist problems, suggestions for read, listen, watch, or ideas for upcoming episodes. And with that being said, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Anchor.fm. Catch you in the next episode.